This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, so continuing with our theme of halachic issues arising in a Jewish state. So I want to jump around a little bit um, because the issue of Gittin in general, which is really the next topic, is somewhat linked to the to events here as well. So maybe we'll have to deal with that in more, you know, kind of a, in a more um, comprehensive way. Um, and the system obviously works differently in Israel to the way it does here, in as much as the Bate Din are an arm of state, and therefore the Dayanim have the right to put people in prison, which can make a difference for people that are not willing to give Gitin. Maybe we'll come back to it. But uh, I want to focus on something else now. And that is this. Look at number 16. Um, and this is an issue <clears throat> which is not just particular to the state of Israel, but when you have a Jewish army or Jews fighting in any army, this is a major issue. The major issue of Jewish men going out to fight is you can have Jewish men going out to fight and they disappear on the battlefield. They die and no one ever saw, no, no one knows who died. There was, there was too much chaos on the battlefield. People that are missing in action, people that disappear and they never come home. And obviously, if they're not married, so it's just painful for their families, but if they are married, you have the awful situation of Anaguna where we don't know what to do with the wife. And therefore, like, meaning if the husband disappears and they're married, the wife is stuck. She can't marry somebody else. So the Gemara tells us, in number 16, Anyone that went out to fight in David HaMelech's army, so we're going back close to 3,000 years for precedent with the Jewish army, but that's good for us would give a get to his wife before he left. Right? The, the, the soldiers would divorce their wives before they went out to war. Well, well, they would divorce their wives till before they went out to war. We'll see what the, um, the conditions and the stipulations are. By the way, that's one of the answers to the, uh, the, issue, the episode of David HaMelech and Bathsheba. Why it wasn't as bad as the Pasuk makes it out to be is that she was already divorced from Uriah HaChiti anyway. And therefore the Gemara says, if you think David HaMelech did a terrible sin, you're making a mistake. It's not true. It was, um, she was already divorced. So anyone that went out to war in David HaMelech's um, army would give a get to his wife. The question... Yeah. Well, according to this, it would appear to be obligatory. The question is... What's with the Israeli army? Could they make such a thing obligatory? And we'll see. They made it obligatory in 1948. In Wilhelmita Shikhrur, in the War of Independence, they made it obligatory for married soldiers to, um, to divorce wow. their wives. Now, let's based, see. Based on this? Of course, based on this. Yes. Wow. So let's, let's see. Okay. Um, and they can't, they can't, if we will see that if it is Al Tanai, with stipulations, so that's going to be um, that's going to be less of an issue, okay? But um, but let, let's go. Let's let's just understand how this would work, okay? Um, in fact, um, during World War One, there were already efforts to prevent agunas in the case of disappearing soldiers. Okay, it involves giving a get out tonight. It only takes effect if the husband doesn't return by a specified time. This was also true in World War Two as well. Okay. And um, was like, well, okay, that's yeah, a separate issue. So what 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 happened? So um, I've actually got here. I found this in a book upstairs called the Nachla Shiva. Okay, and here you have from the court of the chief rabbi when it was still in a four Cree church place, Allgate in the East End. Oh and um, and it says there, and this is what they would do. Um, I imagine this was for the Second World War. The telephone number was Avenue Five Three Seven Seven. Okay. Be'ezus Hashem Ani Chasum Lamata. I 
I, and here's a translation of it, having to pass it around, I, Joe Bloggs, residing at wherever a husband of, Mrs. Whoever, being mindful of the uncertainty of future events and desiring to protect my beloved wife, do hereby appoint all the Jews of London, brackets, metropolis of England, to act for me in the following manner. So he's appointing any Jew that happens to live in England, a shliach for him to do this. That any one of the Jews of London should write a get, a Jewish bill of divorce, for my wife, on my behalf and on her behalf, in order to divorce her with this get. My, and divorce her with this get, my said wife. Any two of them should sign the get on my behalf and on her behalf for the purpose of divorcing my wife with this get. It's all very clear. <coughs> now, that any one of them, any one of the Jews of London, should be my deputy to hand the get to my wife. Normally the husband has to hand the get, but you can get a shliach, a deputy to do it. And all this, in case I shall not have returned... From five years from today, for any reason whatsoever, being entirely free from military service, to the place my wife shall then reside. So he's saying, if, I, if I've, I've been discharged in the army, five years after that, I haven't come back, my wife, I, I'm, I'm appointing someone to give a get to my wife. This get plus five. Yes, right. so that's what it says there, okay? Uh, no, 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 not true. Sorry, I made a mistake. Five years from today... Oh. As long as I'm discharged from military service. So Apologies. Free to come back, yeah. Okay? So I have to be... Uh, two things. Number one, it's five years from today. And number two, it's for having been discharged so from military service. So he may still be alive. He might be alive. If he's alive, then he's giving her a get. If he's not alive, then he's already instructed someone well, to give a get five years from today. Well, then, Even then, then she's the divorced as well. Then, then, the then she's also divorced. Yes. The condition has to be involved. That's right. Because he hasn't returned. He hasn't, for whatever reason. He's not returned because he's in a prisoner of war camp. He's not returned because he's at the bottom of the sea. He hasn't returned because he can't be bothered to return. He found a new wife in uh, <laughs> Mozambique. I don't know. Right? It doesn't matter what the reason is. It doesn't matter what the reason is. Burma. Right? <laughs> the... Uh, the um, the um, yeah, do you understand? The, 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 this yeah, is he. Where a hundred percent. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Good life of yeah. Vietnam. Okay, now it goes further, but we'll uh, again. I hereby declare that after the expiration of five years from today, both the declaration of my wife and I have not. Uh, but, uh, to both the declaration of my wife that I have not returned for, to her free from war service, and we have not prior to the writing of the get come to a mutual understanding to cancel the stipulated agreement, shall be accepted. Okay? And the second thing, and this is really important, okay, that on my return on leave to my wife, and my resumption of marital relationship shall not in any way interfere with the above appointment and declarations. Meaning, soldiers come home on leave. When he comes home on leave, he wants to still be married to his wife. Mm. He doesn't want to be divorced from his wife. And he is married. He is married to her. So he's saying that, be, that coming home on leave is not the vatal, the shlichus of the get. It does not annul the, um, this arrangement. And I hear, and he also adds in a shvua chamura, I hereby most solemnly swear not to cancel any of the above instructions and appointments accordingly here unto attach a signature today. Now let's see how the, let's see how the halachic mechanism, mechanisms of this work. Because there's a rambam, okay, um, because the Rambam in Hilchas Gerishin says, "Nisiachad ima achas sh'amalein nichtay v'lachtaim v'litein la hare elu leyichtevim." It's a problem if a um, a husband secludes himself with his wife after he told the scribe to write the get and the, the witnesses to sign the get. V'kal v'chayim hadvarim imaget shenasan aliyada kish nisiachad ima nifsal aget shu shemabal. 
The, the husband and the wife, once the get has been given, that's it. The relationship has ended. They can no longer be alone together. They can't seclude it with each other, and it will annul the get. How much more so if the get hasn't yet been written? So the problem is, according to the Rambam, okay, if a husband tells a cipher and Adim to write and sign a get, and then he secludes himself with his wife, you cannot write the get, and if it was written, it's no good. But it's okay. a conditioned get. One minute, one okay. minute. Okay. One minute, where am I? Okay. Um, so now, what does Rav Herzog have to say about this? This is in Shut Hechal Yitzchak. He says, this Rambam is only true if a person is divorcing his wife because he wants to end the marriage. Right out of contempt for her. He's not interested in being married to her under normal circumstances. Because if a man divorces his wife and then he has yichud, he secludes himself with his wife, it shows that obviously they've come to some level of reconciliation. He wanted to divorce her because they had an argument and you know, sparks were flying and had enough of each other. Okay. And then they, uh, they seclude themselves with each other. In such a situation... The seclusion, the yichud, shows that they've had some kind of reconciliation. Okay, there's an appeasement there. However, in our case here, with the soldier going out to war, why is he giving a get to his wife? Because he loves her, and he doesn't want her to be stuck for the rest of her life. So he's giving a get for a totally different reason, because he doesn't want to be in aguna. And therefore, we don't have to be concerned that yichud will annul the get, because giving a get for a totally different reason. Okay, more than that, okay, we have the husband take a shavua that he won't cancel the get, therefore we shouldn't be concerned. So that's really those two tnaim, those two stipulations at the end. The fact that I come home is not going to annul the shlichus, and the fact that I'm uh, making a shavua that I'm not going to annul this uh, as well. Now, what happened in the War of Independence? Look, it's absolutely fascinating. This is uh, Rav Shilo Raphael writing number 19. But Muhammad Hashikhrur in the War of Independence... They initially decided to get every soldier going out to war to sign a harsha'a, a bill of, um, of appointing an agent. The chief rabbinate established these documents that made them mandatory. It became an official army form that everyone had to sign. It was done that the, the chief of staff said everyone had to sign this. Okay? Later on, um, they decided not to do it anymore. The chief rabbi of the army, he wrote it um, in, the, in, uh, in 1962, he wrote up an article about this. Most soldiers did not want to sign such a, such a form. And the only reason they signed it was because there was a military order to sign it. Your officer tells you to do something, you have to do it. So they only signed it because their officer told them to do it, not because they wanted to do it. More than that, there was another... So that therefore you have a problem with what's called a get mu'usa, where the husband is basically being forced to give a get, and you can't give a get mu'usa. Get mu'usa. If a husband has to give a get of his own free will and volition. Yeah. Yeah. Bowman is being given because he doesn't want to do it, or someone else is forcing him to do it. It's not a valid get. Why is he giving him the get in this situation before he goes out to battle? Because his officer told him he had to. If that situation, situation doesn't work anyway. Okay? Yeah. Now, more than that, 
In fact, the officers themselves didn't want the, 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 the soldiers to sign these forms. Why not? Because of morale. But you're about to go out to battle and you tell yourself, well, sign a form because you might never see your wife again. Oh, wow. What's that going to do to the morale of the soldier that's going out to fight? Yeah. So they also didn't want them to sign it. Okay? Because, uh, you know, you've got, you've got, it's Davar Shehizkilo tomorrow. That's what Hamar person is going to, before they go out to fight, they're going to realize, you know, what will actually happen for the battle. But as it says there. Okay? It's going to cause a low level of morale. Therefore, nowadays they don't do it. Um... And then, therefore, you have a situation where you do have a problem of Agunas in the army. I'll give you an example of it. If anyone remembers the missing airman, Ron, oh, Ron, Ron Arad. Yeah. So um, he is... Um, okay, so Ron Arad's wife, till today, is an Aguna. She's unfortunately Since unable... Of course, doesn't ever end. No presumption there's of no presumption of death. There's no... Even though the chances of being alive since yeah. being taken is... Uh, wasn't, there, wasn't there a case a, a, a boat, a the Dakar, The Dakar submarine in the 1970s. And eventually... Yeah, eventually... Yeah, so there's a difference between... Um, there's a difference between um, being lost at sea... And being taken captive. Every case. So here, um, Heteragonus is a complicated topic. Also, in the Titanic, they know. Yeah, all all these things. Okay, but we're we're dealing specifically with with warfare. Okay, so now let's let's move on to something else. All right, here we go. Here's another thing. Okay, in order for a state to run properly, you also need to have law and order. Okay, law and order is very important. Okay, you know, you have a, where, where there's no law and order, you have anarchy, things break down. No it's, a, it's a disaster, okay, as we know. Now, here's the question. To what extent are the police allowed to function in a halachic state on Shabbos? So, solution number one is if you have non-Jewish policemen, right, then things are obviously going to be a lot easier. A lot, a lot easier, whether you have Druze policemen or Arab policemen or whatever, no problem. However... That's not a practical solution. Number one, because of manpower. Number two, because um, you're not necessarily going to be, um, you know, Arab, if you got, you don't have a police necessarily staffed fully with Arabs. That isn't necessarily a practical solution in a um, in Israel at the current time. Okay. Um, okay. Um, so the question is, what do you do if you're in a situation which is for pikuach nefesh? Okay, so then it's pekuach nefesh. So then the police have to uh, have to um, have to function on Shabbos. But how do you know what is considered pekuach nefesh and what is not considered pekuach nefesh? And this will also be. I mean, this is true in many many different situations as well. For example, during COVID, you know, people wanted to you know permit everything. Oh, it's all pekuach nefesh, right? You know, I'll, uh, you know, using a hot water tap on Shabbos is a problem because you're cooking the water. Oh, so I'll wash my hands with hot water to disinfect my hands because it's quite nefesh because I might catch or give COVID. Right? So, you know, what, to what extent, you know, for example, the, um, the CST generally operate according to a heterium that they've, uh, that, they, that they have, uh, let's just say, um, they choose to use, yeah, of pikuach nefesh. Um, because, you know, they're tra- why are they travelling around on Shabbos and Yom Kippur? Well, because we've got to make sure everything's working fine. Um, the truth is that were they to do things according to their own halachic policies, which were set by Dayan Geli, it would depend. Okay? Um, it depends what the level of alert is. If there is, we're on a, a real heightened state of alert, 
where there's a concrete warning. There's going. There was that, for example, in America um, about a month ago. There was a concrete warning of an attack on a shore in New Jersey. Right, the, the, the FBI had uh, had had concrete had concrete yeah. warning of a shore in New Jersey. They placed a lot of police around the shores. There was all. A, eventually, they caught the guy that was planning on doing it. Okay, if you've got a concrete warning, again, so of course it's Pikuach and Afesh, what? Yeah, they use that, yeah, they use Hatsala, they use all kinds of things to make sure that the message got out. Have concrete warnings, then of course that's real Pikuach and Afesh, right? And of course we don't know, there's nothing. Pikuach and Afesh is, uh, you know, is Daicha Shabbos, no question about it. But most situations are not where you've got a concrete warning, most situations are where. Um, where, you know, there, there, there's some kind of concern somewhere. Let's face it, we have to have, there's a fact of life that we have security on our shores. And that's a, you know, that's a reality that we're all used to. You know, you, you, if you went to a shore where there was no security, you'd be shocked or bothered and you might, you might not want to go to that. You might not want to go to that shore. Okay? Um, obviously, the way that we set up security is in a halakhically permissible way. Okay? But how do you run a police force in Israel just dealing with regular issues of policing um, on, a, on a regular Shabbos. How, do, how does that work? So, um, have a look at this. So, this is number 20. Again, this is a Tshuvah Seichal Yitzchak. Um, and Rav Herzog says the following. Zabarur, b'makam she'en sakanas nefoshos. Okay? Ula musak sakanas nefoshos, mikret nitrachev mikrim shalanu. We want to give a broader definition to Pikuach Nefesh. Okay, and I'll explain what I mean. Okay, the way that I understand the situation is a serious fight between people can lead to Sakonas Nefoshas if the police don't get involved early enough. Prevention. What? Prevention. Prevention. Deterrence. Well, <coughs> okay, he said that again. If, if you have two men that are going at it, hammer and tongs, and they're having a fight, that can easily end up with a Pikuach Nefesh situation. Therefore, the mm. police have to get involved earlier rather than later. And he's a very interestingly, um, and these fights happen more often than not on Shabbos and Yom Tov. That's right. uh, why do they happen more on Shabbos and Yom Tov? Probably because people aren't at work. Uh, yeah. Okay, people are around. People are drinking yeah. more alcohol than they normally would do. Um, people are squabbling, people are fighting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> didn't, like, didn't like the chazan, didn't like the drasha. Okay, um, and people would fight. Okay, and therefore, in a situation, you you know, you're walking along the street and you see two people fighting. I was once uh, in my youth. I was once uh, walking into the old city of Yerushalayim. In the uh, walking into the old city of Yerushalayim at two o'clock in the morning, I looked down an alleyway. To uh, this is during a weekday, I walk down an alleyway um, into the Arab quarter, um, and I see two people fighting like crazy. Right, so I ran like crazy to the to the police the two station. Were I, d- I wasn't about to go and find out. <laughs> you know, guys, calm down. You know, so I'm not getting involved. Right, but I ran to um, I ran to the um, to the police station. You know, and the police come running out to see what's going on. When they saw it was two Arabs fighting, they were. Rightly or wrongly, less interested in getting involved than if they saw it was a, it was, a, it was an actual terrorist attack. Mm. Okay, but um, you see two people fighting; it's a brutal thing. They really, especially you know, people sometimes hit their head on a stone floor. That's um, these things are suffic pikuach nefesh. So therefore, he says, any fight where you see people fighting on Shabbos in this way, you can call the police on Shabbos. 
Okay? Mutala zikla mishtara alide telephone him no aretzach to prevent murder. If you're allowed to call the police, then the police are allowed to pick up the phone and they're allowed to go down there. It's How true. Are the police allowed to wait? What? How are the police allowed to wait by the phone? Yeah, police are allowed to wait by the phone. Police are allowed to answer the phone. When you phone up the the hospital on Shabbos, you're phoning for an ambulance on Shabbos, you're allowed to say Shabbat Shalom. You don't have to say the... Um, you don't have to say the minimum words necessary, right? You can, you can, you do, you can, you can speak normally. You can speak politely. You say Shabbat Shalom. You know, thank you very much. Um, so, if you're allowed to call, they're allowed to pick up. Obviously, um, now the um, the um, again, this is also true, by the way, um, and this is now. Here's the question: What about if you've got? What, what if you what, what about if there's a burglary on Shabbos? You see someone breaking into a flat, or you hear someone, you know, in your own property on Shabbos, you're allowed to call the police or not. Most burglars come, right? To nick, to, nick, to nick stuff, what? They don't do anything with burglars, apparently. Oh, no, 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 no. But they, come, they come and steal stuff. Right? They, come, they, they come down and steal. I remember a friend of mine's mother once came downstairs, Motsi Yom Kippur, she couldn't sleep after Yom Kippur, so she thought she'd come downstairs and clean the silver. And she sees a gentleman who was not a member of her family, right? Literally walking around the living room, right? It's just quite a tough lady. She's like, what are you doing it? Right? The guy says, "Did you call a taxi?" And ran off. <laughs> right? Anyway, she got she got off lucky, right? She really got off lucky because obviously there's there's a percentage of burglaries where the where the robber will be willing to kill. Here's the Shila. What percent? What is the threshold for it to be considered suffic pikuach nefesh? At what point do we say, since there's a chance that the burglary might end in suffic pikuach nefesh, might end in them uh, in them attacking me, therefore I'm allowed to uh, I'm allowed to call the police on Shabbos. Yeah, but isn't there a case if the burglars know that Jewish people don't call the police on Shabbat? The world is sure, around, sure. And then... A hundred percent. And the alarms are not on either. A hundred percent. So nothing to do with Kuwach Nefesh. No, but what? Because you want to say, Adam Bahul Etzel Mamona, because a person... It's like, it would be, it would be the same to uh, Chazal Alayi to put out a fire on Shabbos, because a person would be, you know, when it comes to your own property, a person can, uh, you know, it's going to get all... If they're, only coming for, if they're only coming for your property, let them come for your property. I mean, but, but the right. For example, I'll give you. I'll give you an example. Let's say you've got. Let's say you've got a, 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 I don't know, a warehouse, and it's in the middle of the countryside, and it's got millions of pounds in it, millions of pounds in it, um, and it catches fire on Shabbos. You're not allowed to put it out. Right? If it's not going to, if it's not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to threaten anybody else. Not, <laughs> with our domestic fires, we put them out because it can always cause pikuach um, nefesh situations, right? Like manure is falling over. The um, so, what you know? To, to what extent do we say you're allowed to do that? Just because a person is going to lose property isn't necessarily justification for breaking Shabbos. Okay. I mean, the trouble was like being mad terrorists, and then you've got as a road there. You've got you've got even a different situation. What if somebody breaks in? But oh, so here that's the question: Is your average communal garden burglary considered to be pikuach nefesh? Well, you, you see someone breaking into a... You see someone scaling a building, smashing a window and breaking in. Can you go quickly call the police? 
Isn't the danger that if they are disturbed, that they will lash out? And, and therefore what? Well, then that... Then you that shouldn't call the police. No, you should. becomes a road, Dave, and whether you can attack him. The well, that's how you should know it's a whole other shit. That's the shit. Okay, it's great shit. The lady who disturbed the, the burglar, he said, you know, do you want to come? And he, he left. Yeah. She was lucky. She was very lucky. Another burglar might have turned around. And, and, and t- know you hit her or tied her up. Or, who knows what? Yeah, of course. So what level? Here's the child is what level of concern do you have to have to allow you to break Shabbos? What level? Is it, well, what's the level of Suffolk? Is one in ten of Suffolk? One in a hundred? One in a thousand? One in ten thousand? One in a million? What level of Suffolk is Suffolk? The bar should be very low. This is, how low? How low? Because, I'll tell you why. How, look at this, look at this. Why is it? A logical argument that there shouldn't be any bar at all. Right, brilliant. Neil, according to your logical argument, I want you to look at this. Tosis number 21. Tosis wants to make you a logical argument. Tosis wants to say, you should be allowed to cook on Shabbos. Why? Because there might be a sick person that needs your food. So you should always be allowed to cook on Shabbos. Right? Look at this. Because you'll have a situation where I need to do something, where, where I might... Since the thing that I'm doing right now is permissible for someone who is, who is deathly mm-hmm. ill... Then I should be allowed to do it. Anyway, Hayul, it should be Mutter. In just right? cases of death yeah. nearby. Exactly. Well, I would distinguish the two. How would you, on what level of distinction? You've got to give a precise definition there. Then I would say if, uh, uh, if statistically. What level of statistics? <laughs> that's why that's why I'm pushing you because again we want to run a police a police force yeah. that is going to be able to function halachically on Shabbos. Yeah. How does that work? Okay, look at Tosis' answer. Look at what's that? What's that? Look at Tosis' answer. Tosis says, Why shouldn't you be allowed to cook on Shabbos? Because someone that's sick might need it. And then you would be allowed to cook on Shabbos, so you should be allowed to cook on Shabbos because someone that's sick might need the cooked food. Says Tosis, No. Yeshulai, man. Kevin de Lushchiach, Klau. Since it is totally uncommon, Loyamir and Hoyle. So Tosis is saying, Since it's not, it's totally uncommon, we would not permit it on the basis of that. Okay, now. The question is, how on earth do we explain this tosis? Okay? And this, again, this is really, really important. This was written, written very relevant with COVID. What were we allowed to do on Shabbos and what not? What's considered pikuach and afesh and what's not? Same with the CST, the same with the police, same with the army. All of these things. What level do you need to have? Tosis is saying, it's clear, you cannot have a wholesale blanket heter. No. It doesn't work that way. Then you, can, then you can basically take all of the health of Shabbos and chuck it in the bin because pikuach nefesh. Right? You know, for example, if the, if the heating's not working, what level, you know, are you allowed to turn on the heating for someone yeah. because they might go? Yeah. I would say that if it's, if it is, uh, uh, what do they call it? Low risk, high impact. If it's low risk but high impact, I would say. What level, is, what, what is called low risk? Give me a number. If it is the setting policy, setting policy yeah, yeah. needs to have a number. I would say if it, uh, if according to the to the records, it does happen uh, beyond extremely rare. What's called extremely rare? Oh my goodness! Again, you've uh, got again yeah. because otherwise no, I, I I've got to I've got to call it. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> it's very Nick, hard. you Nick, you Nick, you had a point to make. Yeah. Yeah. 
Excellent. Yeah. So, Rabbi, fortunately for you, Nick, for, for Neil, Rabbi Akiva Eger deals with it and gives you a number, okay, because otherwise you'd be sitting here all day and never go. Rabbi Akiva Eger says it's one in a thousand. Okay, if there's a risk of one in, if the risk is not, is less than one in a thousand, it's not called Sophic Pikoach Nefesh. Yes. Okay? Yeah. That's his, uh, that's One in a thousand is quite, it's quite, uh, it's quite what? High broad or low? Broad. Yeah. For example, you know, I, 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 let, let's, uh, you get to give the example See, for yeah, now. I'm, I'm Wash, washing your hands with, um, with hot water on Shabbos to avoid getting COVID. Okay? As people wanted to do. Mm. Okay? You could wash your hands with cold water. It's clearly better to wash your hands with hot water. But you're not allowed to use a hot water tap on Shabbos. Again, you could, you could do it by mixing hot water and cold water from the urn. But that's a separate Hilcha Shabbos thing. Okay? Don't put your hands under the urn. Okay, one minute. Is yeah. there a one in a thousand chance you're going to die from COVID from, the, from, the, from, the, from that? Well, it depends on two factors. It depends number one on the R number. And number two, is, is, does washing hands make all that much of a difference anyway? Right? Yes. You'd have to, and washing hands with hot water doesn't make much of a difference anyway. You know, do you have another solution? Is sanitizer good yeah. enough? You'd have to look at all of those things. But you can't just come along and say, oh, Pikuach Nefesh, yes. there's a pandemic. So going back to now, the, so he's saying one in a thousand. So going back to the first one. Of dying as oh, a result of it. Actually dying. Or, or being in a situation where you might die. Sorry. Yeah, being in a situation where you might die. Why being in a situation where you might die? Yeah. So. Might so, die. Anyone who gets COVID might die. So what's might the... Um, in 10, so then you'd have to... Again, you add that to that. Yeah. So what are the odds of me getting it? And if I get it, what are the odds of me dying from it? Yeah. So is it one in a thousand of getting it or dying from so it? So let's see what he said. I, one second. Sorry. Look at this. Um, the ink of... Um, the ink of... 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 Yeah, what, what, one second, I think that it is, okay, it's a risk of being, it's significant sakana, they're being a risk of sakana, yeah. in a risk of sakana, so if, you're, if you're in a death, if you're in, 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 in a, um, a deathly situation, okay, one in a thousand chance of being in a deathly situation. So I would say, going back to the burglar, I would say, you can call the police. One minute, let's deal with the second shot and tesis first, okay, okay. The second shot and tesis is... Okay, um, what again, to remember, Tosa said, why can't you just undo all of Hilchah Shabbos? Right, because, uh, because you, you might be, there might be a sick person. So I'm going to go and cook chicken now for Shabbos lunch, take a raw chicken and stick it in the oven, because a sick person might turn up and need the food. Okay, so Rabbi Akiva Eger would say, is there a one in a thousand chance that a deathly sick person is going to turn up for Shabbos lunch and need that food? No. Well, it depends. Wow. <laughs> if it, if it, meaning, if you, for example, it's in the middle of a, pa- a real, you know, real pandemic, and you mm. see that there are lots and lots of people that are ill, yeah. and they need cooked food. Yeah. I don't know. For example, give me an example. Let's say you're in the Warsaw ghetto. You're in the Warsaw ghetto, right? And you happen to have just got a whole load of food smuggled in. Okay, can you cook the food on Shabbos and give it to people on Shabbos? Hundred percent, you can. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Is there a one in a thousand chance you're going to get death, see deathly ill people on the yes. food that need that food to survive? 100% there is. Right? If, you, if you've got operating a soup kitchen, kitchen in the Warsaw Ghetto and you've got food and people are hungry outside, you feed them. Right? If you've got, you've got access to fuel and people are cold, you chuck that fuel on the fire. 
But 100% pikuach nefesh, of course you do it. Okay, again, now, that again, now, you know, thank God in the situations that we live in, you're not going to be allowed to cook your chicken on Shabbos, but for Shabbos lunch, because a sick person might come in. Says, and this is very important, says there's another pshat in the Tosis, though, and this, and I kind of merged the two, is Rav Yaakov Ettinger in the, in the Binyan Tzian, who says that um, we need to have a chayla lefaninu, meaning, is there a sick person in front of us right now? If you are cooking food for Shabbos lunch, Okay, and you've got a bunch of healthy people coming for Shabbos lunch. Of course, you're not allowed to cook food for them. Mm. Okay, but if somehow, you know, a person knocks on the door and you can see they're deathly ill, and there's not, the food you jolly well get cooking. Mm. There's a chayla lefaninu, you're a hatsala medic. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're not allowed to drive around in your car on Shabbos because you might find someone ill to, do, to treat. But as soon as you know. The moment you get a call, you do whatever you need to do to get mm. there. Why? Because there's a chayla lefanech. I know there's a, there's a sick person at such and such address right now. I get there in my car. Right? I can't drive around on patrol in case. Mm. So now, that's, uh, that's the beginning scene. Now here's the question. Yeah, what are, um, uh, during the pandemic, yeah. the driver was a goy, mm. and the Hatzola member was inside the car going around. That, that's separate. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm taking non-Jews out of the equation. Ah. The moment we put non-Jews into the equation, it becomes a totally different child. Because we could absolutely feasibly run all these kind of things by non-Jews, but we're saying we're in a Jewish state. It's either, neither fe- it's either not feasible or not desirable to have a fully non-Jewish police force. Right? The CST, you know, I don't know what their policy is on, on taking non-Jews into the CST, but I don't believe that there are that many non-Jewish CST volunteers. Okay? Um, for obvious reasons. So here's the question, what about police patrols on Shabbos? Okay, well, so um, can you slot that into the one in a thousand? If if in the neighbourhood in which they are, there's a one potential, one, one in a thousand chance of a crisis. Well, it's got to be a crime that would lead to Bikoch Nefesh. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about a proper crisis here, not just loss of property, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the other thing is, have you got the other got the other chat and toasters? Have you got a Have you got you know if there's is a, there's nothing going on right now. If there's something going on, then you'll get a call. Mm. But on the other hand, patrols are preventative. So how do you know? Yes. Okay, so how, So anyway, we've heard Sog's chat in Teisvis is, Teisvis never thought for a second, never seriously entertained the possibility you could violate Shabbos because of Pekoach Nefesh, right? Because, because of the possibility that my Malacha right now could lead to Pekoach Nefesh. Rather, Teisvis is questioning the concept of Hayal, Hayal means, since we allow something for X, we allow it also for Y. So, for example, um, I'll give you a classic Hayal. Um, why can you carry on Yom Tov? On Shabbos, you can only carry in an area of Yom Tov, you can carry wherever you want. Why? Since I can carry for cooking. I can carry not for cooking. Carrying might be, is, 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 uh, would be permitted for the purposes of cooking. And therefore, Hayal, I extend it further. That's the, pre- that's the halakhic principle of Hayal. Question is, how far do you take that? Since something is permissible for reason A, I allow it for reason B. You see, we're, we, we take it for as a, as a given, you're allowed to carry on your mm-hmm. Okay? But the question is, how far do we extend that halakhic principle? Okay? Joseph um, is questioning the concept and say, if you take hoel, this idea of since, since I'm allowed to do it for permissible reason, I can do it for another reason too. He said, if you take it to its logical extreme, since I can cook on Shabbos for someone that's deathly ill, I can cook on Shabbos for someone that's not deathly ill. I can go the whole hog. 
What's the concept here? That somebody will believe that no. to be the case? Or no, once it's permissible in situation A, it's permissible in all situations. Just right. by carrying, carrying on child, it's the same rule. Carrying on Yontav. I'm allowed to carry on Yontav for cooking, therefore I'm allowed to carry for everything. Okay, right. That's why we carry Yontav, because yeah. of that. Yeah. Okay? Um, he's saying, and therefore, obviously you can't, they, 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 again, then you can permit the whole Torah on the basis yeah. of that. Since I can eat pork, if it's Pekach Nefesh, I can eat it for breakfast tomorrow. Yeah. Okay? So, again, the, um, he says, Hayil does not work for Pekach Nefesh, it only works for something which is prevalent. Okay? Something which is common. For example, um, I'm allowed to cook more than I need on Yom Tov. Remember, on Yom Tov you're allowed to cook. But you're only allowed to cook for what you need for that day. Okay? You can't just uh, do all your cooking for the week on Shavuos afternoon. That's an Isidarais, a terrible prohibition of cooking. You can only cook on Yom Tov for what you need for that day. However, I'm allowed to cook for more than I need because more guests might turn up. Yes, Hoyle that I can cook for the three people that come for you for Shavuos lunch, I can cook for more because more people could come during the day. That might be limited. You know, five minutes before the end of the day, I might not be allowed to do that. Mm. I'm saying it's, it's, it's Yomtov morning, I can cook more than I need because more people could feasibly turn up. That's well, reasonable. Do the percentage game, Chris. Done the if they don't come to you, so they're for... Hoyle, question. Very remote. It doesn't matter. Yeah, about beer, but they could. But they could. But but because it could. your intention. Yeah. No. Is no. your intention no, to freeze no. half a week for tomorrow? Not necessarily. Is your intention not, no, 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 it is. It, that, that would be, be permissible because of a haroma. It just says more guests may more, They might come. Yeah. If that's the intention, fine. You can't, you, can't, you can't always do these things on the basis of intention. It can't be an outrageous intention. Anyway, let's, let's go on. Anyway, you can't... Okay, on Shabbos... You can't cook for someone that's not ill, if the per- so someone who's ill, if the ill person doesn't need it. And therefore, you can't rely on this thing of, of Hoyle. He's, if he doesn't need it right now, I can't rely on it. Mm. However, if there's an ongoing situation which has precedent for turning into Pikuach Nefesh, then right now you can treat it as Pikuach Nefesh. Okay? And therefore, he claims that ongoing theft big, should be considered... It's a bit of a jump. <coughs> yeah. right? Ongoing theft... So that could be treated as pikuach nefesh. Yeah. Because I've got a situation right now that if I lead it, if I just let it go, it's going to lead to pikuach <coughs> nefesh. A complete chaos and anarchy every seven days. Oh, and therefore, right, possible right now, oh, wow. it's pikuach nefesh. Wow. Okay, and therefore I can stop it at its inception, right? Because using this, using this idea that if I, if I let it go, mm. we're going to have a situation of pikuach nefesh. And therefore I can <coughs> stop it earlier. Yeah. Okay, he, therefore, again, the point is, I can't cook for a sick person that doesn't need it, but if I've got an ongoing situation, I can take care of it, okay? Um, however, at the same time, he is not, um, he's not such a fan of saying that violating, that, that um, preventing theft does not constitute Pekuach Nefesh, and therefore he doesn't like the idea of having patrol cars going on Shabbos. What he preferred to have was a bobby on a bike. Mm. Better to use a bike on Shabbos for a police patrol than a police car. Mm. Okay, remember, we're talking about patrols where there's no burglary going on right now. But if you don't have police patrols, then there will be burglaries because the burglars are going to know there's no police walking, no police driving around on Shabbos. He says they, you can have a police patrol on Shabbos, but they should use bikes because that's only some form of... It's a drabanon rather than, um, rather than having... Um, presumably... By the way, by the way, the thing that will help us eventually when you have driverless cars... Okay, this is going to be great for, for Shmir Shabbos from this perspective. Okay, we will not be allowed to go and driverless cars to Shulman Shabbos, but using police and army patrols and driverless cars would be great. 
Okay. So the CST can take advantage of that because they would say that if we don't have preventative patrols, potentially. Yeah. Now, but again, the, the, the truth is that there's no reason why they couldn't be driven around by non-Jews. Yeah. yeah. Going in a car on Shabbos, okay, is not a particularly serious avera. Okay, driving a car on Shabbos is a very serious avera yeah. because every time you put your foot on the accelerator, you're, you're creating a fire. Now, electric cars could be a whole other shite. Mm. Okay, um, could also make things easier. Okay, you never, one thing's for sure, all of this technological advancement is never going like, to allow Shabbos to become like a regular Tuesday. But in cases of Pikoach Nefesh or Suffolk Pikoach Nefesh or medical needs or whatever, that's where the big, the big money is. So just to finish off, um, the, um, the other thing is, all right, so great, so the police were on, uh, were on patrol and now they've caught the thief. How did they get him to jail? You're going to have to walk him. <laughs> you're going really? to have to walk him, can't put him in a car. Unless you think he'll turn violent, and then maybe if you've handcuffed him, if you've handcuffed him yeah. and leg cuffed him, right, then there's not much you can do. Could you carry him? <laughs> you can carry, yeah. You know, again, he says you cannot, you can put the thief in jail on Shabbos, but you can't drive him there. Yeah. Again, a non Jew could drive him there. Yes. So, just, so yeah. on that page, but just going back one step, so yeah. if you see a, um, a burglar enter a neighbor's house, yeah. you know the neighbor's not in, and it's Shabbos. So for that ongoing theft, can you call the police for a neighbour's house that they the burglars entering? I'm not sure you can. And you know there's no one that there's no anyone there. An What's well, an ongoing thing that's happening but every Shabbos? Next house as well, but, you know, if there's a chance, yeah. But the question is, are they going to go to? If there's if there's a real chance they're going to go to the next house as well, then for sure you yeah. definitely can get a non-Jew to call. Okay, what definitely right? If you what are the chance of you having a phone on your own travels anyway, right? <laughs> so you have to find anyway someone. I'm just saying practical terms. They, I tell you what they did do when there was a sta- when there was a whole spate of stabbings in Israel. Do you remember when there was the, the lone wolf knife uh, knife crimes? There, Rabbanim were very very quick to tell people to carry phones on Shabbos because if the terrorists know that Jews don't carry phones on Shabbos, they're going to be able to attack with impunity. Because, yeah, because he might come to you. But I would call it the shinui. You can always call with a... The moment you use your knuckle rather than your fingers, anyway, it's a drabono. So why not? It doesn't take any longer. Right? I would say, yes, you can, absolutely, because you can create a piece of a incredibly vulnerable situation. But again, the, again, but again, taking it to its other extent, other conclusion, you can, yeah, if you don't carry... Um, if, you, if, 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 if the terrorists realise that you go to an orthodox Jewish neighbourhood on Shabbos and it's going to be a full 10 minutes till anyone's got access to a phone... Okay, then... Uh, Didn't the Bilbalish forever say that you can go when there were muckings in New York, you can have five dollars in your pocket on Shabbos, just... I don't know, but it would make sense. Yes. It would make it sense. Makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, okay, let's, uh, let's pause it there. There is uh, there's more to say. Another one is walking out of the Trum to hear Shofar, and then we have this Gitten issue. We'll have to... Uh, do all this another time, we'll stop there for now. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.